0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for being with us today. Our topic today are assessments and appraisals. Now, of course, assessments are very important because they control one of the larger expenses for every piece of real estate, and that is the property taxes. And appraisals, well, that world has really changed over the last several years, and every business person should understand how appraisals work, especially with the changes we've seen lately. Well, please welcome my first guest. It's Larry Stein, Chief Deputy of the Oklahoma County Assessor's Office. Larry, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Michael.
0: Well, Larry, the first question I'd like to ask you is about the the timing of reassessing uh, properties. Uh, for most municipalities around the country, are there certain time frames and things that trigger that they need to reassess properties?
1: Usually every year, the municipalities or the assessment districts would do an assessment and will set a bell to ring at a certain date where the assessment is based on previous year's values. Mm-hmm. And And the reason that's so important is because that a budget is determined for the county operation or the city operation and also the schools which usually benefit from the majority of the ad valorem dollars
0: okay and what about when a property sales how many municipalities are as is, is a sale going to trigger an assessment
1: well, you know, the, it, it, one sale doesn't usually make a, especially in commercial properties, it's very difficult to be able to get a good handle on a sale because the commercial properties may not be exactly the same. So you have to you know, take away from one add to another to try and get some sort of a, of, of a consistent representation of the value. In most municipalities, too, and other jurisdictions, you're always looking at last year's values. So you're trying to determine the current market based on last year's sales and comparable values to determine that current value. So if there's, if there's a dramatic change in this current year, that wouldn't be reflected until next year.
0: I see. And is there some sort of mark-to-market requirement that if, uh, you know, and some people are worried when they buy a commercial property that, you know, let's say it was assessed for $2 million and now they're paying $4 million, that their
1: taxes are going to double? Well, you know that there, there are. It, 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 it can go both ways. You know, it all depends on, on what the current conditions are, and and when you're looking at it from a, an assessment point of view, you know, it's it's substantially different than an appraisal. Because what we're looking at is the, the, the income cost or the income approach or the, the replacement costs or the construction costs and trying to figure out the value of that. So, you know, we, we've had instances where commercial properties, restaurant chains have sold for substantially more per square foot than what the market bears. And that doesn't change our assessment of value to reflect that that is completely out of the norm for those types of restaurants or, or particular commercial properties.
0: I see. Well, let's touch on that a little bit. That's very interesting. So you're not then taking as much interest in if a property's leased or, or vacant. Obviously, if a property is leased to a national credit tenant for 20 years, it has a lot more value than something that's maybe leased for a year uh, or it's vacant, right?
1: Well, the, most you, most jurisdictions are looking at the current usage. And when you're looking at what the usage is, and, and certainly there are, there are critical requirements for when those those usages are are exempt from assessment for ad valorem dollars but when you're looking at a commercial property and some religious entities actually do own uh, commercial properties and they're assessed uh, they're they're not exempt but you're looking at the at the current market conditions and those market conditions can vary widely across the country in in jurisdictions in central part of the country where we get a large Energy expansion and and a, and a dynamic economy that's growing at five to six percent, those values can increase, but we have limitations that we've passed by constitution. So they can the, even a commercial property can only increase in assessment of value of five percent. So there's a limitation on the on the value when you're looking at a at a property from year to year to year. Of course, now when a property sells then that takes that cap off and it will be brought up to market. So there may be an incentive to look at a lease agreement instead of just an outright purchase.
0: That's interesting. So you you are looking at the property rights or you're not as much looking at the property rights and if it's a a leased fee or a fee simple situation?
1: No, what we'd be looking at is is the sale prices. And and when the sale happens, we'd also be looking at the current market for other similar properties and say, Mm -hmm. okay, does that make sense? Is is there a real value for this property res- reflected in this, or is it part of some sort of an investment opportunity that someone may have paid more per square foot than it's actually worth?
0: Okay. And are you guys getting around the country, and in, in your area there, are you getting a lot of um, challenges to assessments? Uh, are you getting appeals?
1: No, not really. We had about three percent out of about eleven thousand commercial properties last year, and 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 that's not that's not really big for us and and when we're looking at those frankly part of the problem the, the solution I think to that is having a, a uh, an assessment cap of 5% that's constitutional in Oklahoma where it encourages the the capping so in case those values go up you're not going to see an incredible increase in the property taxes associated with the assessment of value so that 5% limitation on commercial properties which is unique and, and, and unusual across the country that it helps the businesses normalize or, or better plan for any increases. And of course if they're dropping because of, of a you know loss of revenue or, or any other factors, then we'll we'll take that into an adjustment as well.
0: Well, yeah, that does seem like a good idea because, you know, what has happened in the assessment industry? I mean, once, once we had this big drop in in values, obviously over the last several years, and now we're seeing a pretty quick increase, especially in some markets. So, how is that uh, impacting assessors around the country?
1: You know, that's that's the that's the beauty, I think, of what what uh, Oklahoma voters. We had we changed the constitution to limit about uh, twelve fifteen years ago we changed the constitution to limit to an increase in assessment not taxes because the taxes are based on millage rates that are changed by the voters but we we limited the assessment increases to five percent for both residential and commercial and then just recently two years ago we uh, we had reduced it even further for residential properties to a three percent increase in assessment of value so the, someone who buys a house and, and the value goes up dramatically, they're not going to see a dramatic increase to market. They're going to see a, an increase, a gradual increase of the assess, assessment to catch up with the market values.
0: Okay. And what advice would you have for, for entities, uh, governmental entities around the country that are having a lot of challenges to assessments?
1: Well, you know, you, you need to realize that these these customers are the ones that pay your salaries yeah. and and if you have a relationship you know it's it's a good idea to go down before you have to go and have a converse, confrontation with them to get to know the people that are in your in your entity that's going to be dealing with you if you if they've got you know in some some municipalities and, and assessment districts you could have ten or fifteen people that are dealing with it in our our jurisdiction we've got three hundred and thirty thousand parcels but you know we've got about five or six people that actually do all the the adjustments and all the hearings so you can, you, can get a, you can spend a half a day and learn everything you can about everybody in the department. And that's a good way to start out before. So the next time you're coming in, you've got a name, you've got a face, and you've, you've met with them before you have to give them some information that they may not like to hear. But the other thing is that the governmental entity, the representatives for the county or the city or the municipality ought to be awfully darn friendly to you because you are paying their salaries.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We're talking with Larry Stein, his chief deputy of the Oklahoma County Assessor's Office, and we're talking about assessments. And you know, Larry, you've, when you're talking about assessments on large commercial properties, you're talking about some pretty big changes on the expense side of a property. What are some of the the most interesting or, or maybe crazy things you've seen in an appeal process on some of these larger properties?
1: Well, you know, we've had we have one one customer that's been dealing with us. We probably end up going to court with them. The mm-hmm. We tried diligently to get to a, a, a number that would work, and remember an assessment and an appraisal substantially different and When we were looking at the assessment of value, we were looking at this incredible structure, a beautiful warehouse it was it was temperature sensitive there was there was a lot of, of sensitive activities that had to have a particular environmental System associated with it. They were they were multi million dollar multinational company, and they're trying to tell us that their their property is worth about thirty dollars a square foot, and we're saying you know it it doesn't really hold the value. We don't we don't believe that's credible when we're looking at what you showed us on a tour of your facility, and and we know we couldn't build something like this for less than a hundred dollars a square foot. So don't I don't see how we can get there because our job. By law is to value it according to the current market, and and thirty five dollars is not representative of the current market. You know, the the county of Oklahoma County actually purchased the old General Motors plant for about thirteen dollars a square foot, and that was a fire sale. They we we did it for to expand our local air force base. But when we're talking about current markets, thirty five dollars is not a reasonable number for the kinds of qualifications and qualities this building has. So we'll end up going to court, but we were. You know, we were as friendly as we could be with them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting when you look at the the use, the current use and the lease and and how the assessments differ from appraisals. Well, Larry, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being on. Thanks for having me. Well, stay tuned for more on assessments and appraisals. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're discussing assessments and appraisals. Please welcome my next guest, Bill Harden. He's director of the Hollow School of Real Estate and Jerome Bain Real Estate Institute at Florida International University. He's also on the editorial board of the Appraisal Institute, Institute's journal, the Appraisal Journal. Bill, thanks for being back on the show with us today.
2: Oh, well, thanks for having me back. This is a great topic. I think everybody's always worried about what something is worth, or did it go up in value, go down in value? Uh,
0: yeah. Sometimes we
2: want it to go up. Sometimes we want it to go down.
0: <laughs> That's true. Depends on what we're looking to do at the time, right? And uh, and appraisals are a, a big issue for all property owners and and business folks when you know appraisals are involved in their business. And uh, you know, what are some of the challenges for appraisers you know in the current environment they're in?
2: Well, I think one of the the real issues out there now is uh, based in a regulatory compliance mode. If you look back 10 or 15 years ago, it was much easier to to work with an appraiser, a competent appraiser, and there are plenty of people out there that have a lot of great skills and a lot of experience and use those people to actually get a good feel for what the value is, what the upside is, and what the downside is. I think one of the problems with our move to FIREA and some other regulatory issues is it makes harder to, to be involved in that consultative process. So we're trying to, in essence, comply with regulations, which makes it perhaps a little bit difficult for the appraiser and the appraiser uh, professionals to get uh, is involved in, in working with the client, in essence, finding out uh, the nuances of property and uh, some other things that might uh, impact value.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So no longer if you're having your property uh, refinanced and there's an appraisal or it's selling, you need an appraisal and there's a new loan involved, you don't have as good an access to picking or, or discussing things with the appraiser as you used to have, right?
2: Right, and I don't know that everybody, everybody's worried about picking an appraiser, and some are, the reality is there are a lot of good people, Uh, appraisal is a methodology as much as anything else, it's a very uh, systematic approach to value, and that's the beauty of appraisal, which is it teaches uh, and and uses techniques that everyone can apply, now the question might be is, uh, does the appraiser have sufficient information, Uh, is there something new they need to get, but the beauty of appraisal is it's a systematic approach to valuation.
0: And let's discuss the role of the appraiser. What should people understand about their role? Well, the
2: appraiser is doing one task, and the task is to uh, provide an opinion or estimate of value at a specific point in time. So we need to understand that we have to define the value that's being Uh, proffered, number one, which is what type of value does that appraisal give us, and two, it's at a point in time. So if, for example, we have a new plant coming in that's announced next week, that's going to change the information and the value of property around this potential plant site. The appraiser cannot understand that unless it's known. So an appraisal from three months ago is has no value with this new information.
0: Yeah, that's extremely important. Uh, we saw a situation uh, recently where a client of ours uh, called and he was really proud about a price he, he received uh, for one of his properties. And uh, he said, you know, it was appraised a year ago and I got uh, the appraised value for it, I'm really happy. And I was sad to, to to hear it because, I and I didn't say anything to him, but the property had really escalated in value a lot in that one year's time. and. Uh, so I just congratulated him, but he left a lot of money on the table. So you're right, that the, the date of that, the timing of that appraisal is crucial, isn't it?
2: Right, and I think it, it goes back down to, let's say I buy a property, I reposition that property, I take a Class C property, I uh, reposition it, put it as, a, as maybe a Class B plus uh, property, I have a better cash flow, I've increased the value of that property, uh, and any appraisal that doesn't take that into consideration is really going to be problematic. Mm-hmm. So the question might be for those type of situations is that you're looking in the future and you're actually trying to create an appraised value as of some event in the future, which is after you rehab this property, here's the value, June the 15th, 2015. Well, that's a little bit harder task than what it might be worth today. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um it's a hard business. Uh, appraisers do a great job. I appreciate all the appraisers and their methodologies and what they do and the information, and the in me- and the and the mechanics they bring uh, to the table. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, that's a and good, I think
2: everybody should understand that.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. The more you understand, the better. We're talking with Bill Harden with FIU University, and and Bill, like you said earlier, sometimes you want your these values to be higher. Sometimes you want them lo- lower. And sometimes if you're a property owner and your property is being assessed, maybe maybe you want that lower value. Tell us the main differences between an assessment and an appraisal, if you will.
2: Well, an appraisal is much more of an economic assessment of the value of the property. Uh, and of course, everybody is aware that we use uh, the, the major market income uh, and cost approaches If I look at an assessed value an assessed value is based in part on the market value of a property, but the assessors and assessor regulation and taxation of property in large part dictates how they allocate the physical value, which is what is the cost of the property. Whereas in a typical appraisal, I'm not as concerned about the allocation of that. I'm looking at the economics. So I think there's a difference when you're trying to differentiate land and improvements that you might see with an assessment versus the market value or some type of lease fee or fee simple value that an appraiser might try and do and come up with.
0: Okay, and you're down there in Miami, and that's a very hot market, residential and commercial. So on the commercial real estate side, I assume that uh, you're hearing from a lot of uh, property owners about, uh, their assessments and they're wanting to challenge their assessments, what advice would you give uh, property owners that were uh, looking to challenge their assessments in Miami?
2: Right, I think in Miami in any place what they really need to do is uh, sit down with a uh, uh, valuation expert and appraiser and actually get to get the facts. Find out what is actually transacting and how properties may be similar or or different. Um, because some of the properties that are selling for high prices are doing so because they are in some level unique. They have a new uh, anchor tenant. They put in a new long-term lease with a law firm. That's going to be a little bit different in value enhancing versus maybe another property that's uh, doing well but doesn't have an increase in rents or or hasn't turned over uh, a tenant mix to increase rents. So I think if you have the facts the assessors uh, and the property appraisers are going to look uh, favorably uh, in your in your life, which is in the, at the end of the day, it comes down to whoever has the best information wins.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So in uh, Miami, you're, uh, that market is really hot there, isn't it? What are you seeing a lot of foreign investors coming into Miami? Where. We just have a few a minute here. Yeah,
2: the Miami is is going a little a bit a little bit uh, uh, crazy here. You mm-hmm. see it primarily in land values mm-hmm. and the inner core where you've seen dramatic increases in in just land prices in a two or three year period. And it's driven not as much by commercial but by the residential development. And what's happened is everybody assumes that we're going to build out in a relatively short term the maximum density that these properties can hold.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Bill, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it.
2: All right. Thank you. And I hope you guys have a good uh, good uh, uh, assessment and good evaluation and good
0: appraisal uh, uh, tips. And so we'll, we'll have about more about in a that. moment. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Well, today we're talking about assessments and appraisals. Please welcome my next guest, Ron Neihard. He's Director, Southeast Valuation and Advisory Services with CBRE, and he's only been there for 30 years. Ron, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. And
0: if you will, Ron, to get us started, tell us just briefly about the different types of appraisals because you don't always need a full bone appraisal maybe for certain issues, right?
3: Yeah, uh, let me go back. They they changed the, the, the regulations first of this year. Historically, there were typically three types. There was the self-contained report, which is the type of report that most lenders order. It explains a lot, has a lot of detail about every facet of the property. Uh, the next step down from that was a summary report, and that's what a lot of corporate users uh, order because it didn't have as much content. It was also not as expensive as a self-contained. And then the last one was the restricted report which is basically just a letter of value. Uh, This year they changed it and they did away with self-contained and summary but left restricted. So now it's based on scope of work and it's kind of confused the industry, uh, both appraisers and clients, about what type of report they really need. So it's based on the actual scope of work now instead of a predefined report type.
0: So there's no longer, no, there's not two types any, or three types anymore. There's not even two types. It's just a million types?
3: <laughs> In a way, yes. I mean, yeah. a lot of our lender clients still refer to it as a formerly known self-contained or formerly known summary. And then it's up to the appraiser to kind of figure out the, the, act, the exact format type that we provide our clients. And what's the process
0: today for a lender that uh, is picking an appraiser for a commercial property that they're doing a loan on?
3: it depends on the lender type for example the commercial banks go through a, a automated bid system so they just throw out uh, rfps to many appraisers and it's and it's all done electronically there's no relationships for the most part anymore uh, life companies, still relationships, uh, so the CMBS lenders, still relationships, but commercial banks, because of the regulations, have changed the way they've ordered reports.
0: Okay, and so for the banks, that's not, they're not doing that for convenience. They're doing that because they're regulated to do it that way now. Right? Yes. Okay, and what kind of challenges has that placed on, on appraisals for banks? Uh, I'm sure that's caused a, a little bit of issues, so they don't know who they're, they're getting and what their experience level is, right? It's more based on just price and
3: Yeah, for the most, a lot of people define it now as as, as a commodity. And Mm -hmm. I say, well, it's actually worse than a commodity because most commodities that that everybody buys, before you make that buy decision, you know exactly who's making that commodity product. With appraisals, you don't Mm -hmm. because it's typically a blind selection process based on only fee and timeframe. So you don't know who's behind the curtain. Wow. So you're you, you might get a good one, you might get a bad one. It's it's very challenging now for appraisers and for borrowers and lenders too.
0: Yeah, that is, that is a challenge. And you know, where else do you pay for something and you don't know the quality <laughs> and the experience of the person you're paying for? I mean, that's amazing.
3: Yeah, it's like going in a car dealership and, and buying a car, but yeah. you don't know what make, model, what color you're getting. It's 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 very frustrating.
0: Yeah, that is. And one of the, the definitions, part of the definition of appraisal involves the word opinion, and, but appraisal is much more than, than an opinion. Tell us about that definition.
3: Well, it's the, the, in appraisals, it's the definition of market value, uh, and it's the appraiser's job, appraiser's opinion, to estimate market value. What some appraisers get confused as, it's, in my opinion, the appraiser should reflect the market, not make the market. For example, if the market is currently paying 2 cap rates for every property around the country, well we know that's not the norm, but it's the current market. So it's our job to reflect that for our clients, not make the market and say no it shouldn't be a 2, it should be an 8.
0: Right. So the the valuation is a process that shouldn't change. It should be it, it is what it is, right? But then the that is the opinion of that appraiser.
3: Yeah, it's depending on the appraiser based on the facts and the data that, that the appraiser finds in the marketplace. Uh, but the definition of market value doesn't change. Yeah.
0: And what about uh, comps and, and what comps can be used? I mean, one of the things that when we review appraisals, you know, if we think they're high or they're low or if we think they're right on, you know, usually the first place we go is, is the comps and, and see what they used and how they adjust them. So it would seem like opinion is going to come into play there of which ones they're using.
3: Uh, Very much so, and that's why it's critical that that the appraiser knows uh, everything it is to know about that particular comparable because it could change the appraiser's opinion of that comparable and, and the information. You could have a comparable and have five appraisers come up with different cap rates for that comparable depending upon the level of information that they've researched or have access to.
0: Right. Yeah. And which cap rate and NOI are they using? Are they using the uh, the seller's NOI, the broker's NOI, <laughs> the buyer's NOI? Right. I mean, you, you, the more you look into it, uh, the more the, the things can change. Right.
3: Yeah. And that, that's why it's critical to have a have appraiser that knows the marketplace and knows how that comparable was transacted. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on assessments and appraisals. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Glad you can be with us. Today we're talking about assessments and we're talking about appraisals. A big part of any business person should know about appraisals and and how they work and and the changes that have happened with appraisals in recent years. My guest is Ron Neihert. He's with CBRE. And uh, Ron, one of the things that... um, people run into is they think their property may appraise for for too low a number. They see the market moving. How can uh, a, a property owner that's buying or selling their property or maybe refinancing their property help the property appraise for the most it possibly can?
3: Well, it's, it's interesting. As, as appraisers, it's our job to reflect the accurate market value, whether that's high or low. But it's mm-hmm. always nice to have conversations with the appraiser, whether you're the lender or the property owner, about particulars going on with, that, with the subject property. For example, it may be a, a recent lease that's, that's about to expire, renew at a higher rate. Uh, there may be uh, some up-to-date, accurate financial information with rent roll Or there may be something going on in the neighborhood that's not apparent from the appraiser when he goes out there so anything that we can we can get from the owner or the lender about the property the neighborhood uh that would help
0: yeah that's a good tip and what about if an appraisal comes in and and you're a property owner maybe you're you're a lender or whoever you are in the situation and the property appraises too low uh, and you just feel like it's too low, is, is what tips do you have for someone in that situation?
3: Well, it depends. If, if the property owner gets a copy of the report, mm-hmm. I would suggest reading it and finding out if there's any uh, factual mistakes going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there are, point that out to the lender or go back to the lender with, with new information that you've obtained that may help the appraiser. Uh, so typically, when, in, in situations like that, it might be a, 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 a typo or a mistake that the appraiser made mm-hmm. that might impact value, or it might be that he doesn't have access to the current information in the marketplace.
0: Okay. And what's the best process? Uh, uh, you know, the banks, as you've said, are, are regula- regulated, and they don't have as much contact uh, direct. So, what's the best protocol there? If, if I'm refinancing uh, one of my commercial buildings and it uh, the appraisal comes in too low. Uh, how do I get to that appraiser if I'm getting a bank loan and, and get him that information the best way that he's going to look at it in the best light and, 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 and can he adjust that? Can he?
3: Well you have to go back to, to, your, to uh, your relationship manager at the bank, your loan mm-hmm. officer who's working with you and tell mm-hmm. him this and then he will probably uh, go back to his credit department or appraisal department and have the appraiser take another look. The appraiser can't take another look at it if the borrower asks him to. It has to come from the bank's credit department.
0: Okay, and I guess in some cases, if you think it's low, you could pay for another appraisal if the if the if the bank and the regulators allow that.
3: Uh, it's entirely up to the bank. Yeah, if they if they if they don't trust the the appraiser that they have, they're they're, they're free to order another one.
0: Okay, and the situations where banks have um, uh, prop loans that they think uh, are in be in default, uh, and they're getting appraisals uh, for their regulators. Uh, do are they under the same guidelines? They can't pick the appraisers, and and, and, and is that the same situation? Uh, for the most part, it, okay. it's it's
3: based on the the electronic bid situation. Some banks are different than others, but but most use the electronic bid situation.
0: Okay, and I'd like to ask you about. Uh, Appraisals that involve uh, land, for example, we're dealing with uh, a situation now. It's about 340 acres, and the appraisal came in, and they didn't take into account uh, of the end-use product. And in this case, this land is going to be residential homes, and so in the appraisal, they didn't cover anything about what these lots or homes would be worth, what these lots would be worth, worth, and the development cost of the of the property, and and most important. I think in this situation as to when it's viable to build out this is already entitled for residential homes so they didn't cover in the appraisal well is this viable in one year or five years and of course that's uh, an opinion of uh, that people may have different ideas about but shouldn't a land appraisal that uh, on a property that's entitled to be residential developed uh, you know have that included in it about the timing and the cost to understand the highest and best use uh, value of the property?
3: Uh, Yes and no. Uh, Many times if the appraiser has good data, uh, what we'll do is is do a, a discounted cash flow, which was a sellout of a property like that, where you start with the retail value of one lot and then estimate the absorption, deduct the cost, and deduct the profit. Where a lot of appraisers make a mistake is they'll take that retail value of just one lot, multiply it by the total lots in the subdivision, and say that's market value that's not accurate. Uh, On the flip side now, we're seeing more transactions where you have what's called bulk sales, where it might be a 100-lot subdivision that sells for a relatively market-oriented price that factors in the holding cost and the infrastructure cost. So appraisers can use both and probably should use both if the data is out there.
0: And then they also have to determine the, the timing, right, of, of when it's viable. But, you know, we've seen in this downturn uh, a couple of years back where some of these properties are appraised for zero. I mean, the, the banks came back and had an appraisal and said, well, it's worth nothing. And they're like, well, how could that be? Well, because you're holding costs to hold this for the next 15 years. Or they're going to eat up all the profits of developing it.
3: Yeah, you really have to do a, an adequate job of supply, demand, and market analysis to mm-hmm. estimate when you think it's going to be viable, and that that comes into the uh, the art and science of, of the appraisal process.
0: Yeah, I believe there there's uh, a lot of different opinions because we we sell a lot of land, and you know, and we'll have ten different buyers that will tell us ten different things about well, what those lots will really sell for and when that property is viable to to be developed, right?
3: Yeah, land is, is probably the most challenging property type to appraise because of all the variables and the unknown variables that go on with land, such as zoning, entitlements, infrastructure costs. Uh, very challenging and that's that's why they pay us the big bucks to do it that's right at least they used to
0: (laughs) that's when you get paid the big bucks that's true and I tell brokers who are looking at different sectors to work in that land is the most involved sector you can get into I'm Michael Bull this is the commercial real estate show stay with us we'll have more on appraisals in just a moment does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back, I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking about appraisals. We have Ron Neihart with us in the Studio One here in Atlanta. And uh, Ron, one of the questions that that people are having out there uh, today is about cap rates. You know, on some of these core institutional properties, uh, cap rates have really compressed, especially in some of the major cities. How long is this going to last? Can these cap
3: rates stay this low? What do you expect to see? Good question, Michael. If I knew that, I'd probably be on your yacht uh, right now instead of in the the studio. But uh, everybody expects them to go up with with, uh, the rise in interest rates, but it hasn't happened. Um, I think there's so much demand out there for core assets that I think it will still compress cap rates a little bit. Um, Plus, if interest rates stay close to where they are, uh, I don't see cap rates uh, moving much from the current level. Or they could go down. you know, cap rates are going down, fees are going down. My handicap hasn't gone down yet, but we need to change that this weekend. But I, I think it can be sustained for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, maybe my yacht'll go down. I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't have a yacht, listeners. Uh, but uh, maybe one day, right? Well, what, so you talked about interest rates, and you know, we we had the Fed on the show recently. You said you guys had the the Fed out of your office. You know, uh, what? what is the expectation of interest rates, and, and how much might they increase, and how might that impact uh, cap rates for the next few years?
3: I think if uh, the Fed st- uh, starts or stops the, uh, the mm-hmm. easing, mm-hmm. you'll start to see a, a slow rise in interest rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, you know, cap rates will probably rise with that. However, it may not impact values at all because the property level fundamentals are increasing. We're seeing rent growth around the country for most asset classes. So even with a slight uptick in cap rates, uh, your value still should be pretty solid because the property level fundamentals have been increasing.
0: Okay. And let's say that I'm buying a a property today um, and I'm paying a five cap rate and I'm looking at a five year hold, I guess part of that valuation process is to look at that reversion cap rate. When I sell this property, what cap rate am I I'm going to get at that time? And I guess if interest rates are going to increase uh, and we're in a hot market now and I'm paying five, I guess that uh, cap rate's gotta be somewhat higher, right?
3: Yeah, it would typically be higher anyway, mm-hmm. even if rates stayed the same, mm-hmm. most buyers uh, anticipate or or project a higher terminal rate than the going in Mm -hmm. just because the time value money and and the risk Mm -hmm. Uh, you're holding a property for five seven ten years there's greater risk out there that the uncertainty in the economy much like long bonds uh, have a higher yield than short-term bonds i don't know
0: everybody thinks when they own it it's worth more
3: (laughs) 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 hey i paid five you
0: know five cap for it and i own and i'm selling and i'm going to make it pretty uh i should get a four
3: right you might it could happen, but most buyers would not uh, uh, not be as successful as you might be, Michael. So. <laughs> That's right. So uh, you
0: are asked uh, right in some of these uh, appraisals and uh, uh, opinions, valuation of, of what a property is going to be worth at a future day, right?
3: Yes, many times we're involved in, in assignments that require the appraiser to estimate what's called a prospective market value. And that prospective market value could be for a proposed property that's under construction mm-hmm. or a property that needs a lot of rehab and renovation that's not stabilized. So it might take, you know, a year or two or three years for that property to one complete construction and then reach economic stabilization. So it's the appraiser's job to try to reflect the prospective value, which means you're taking a look at the income expenses and cap rates of that prospective date.
0: Yeah, and that's why you have the date of the appraisal and the date of of that valuation, right, that that you're proposing. Well, Ron, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being in Studio One with us. Thank you, Michael. If you listen to the show on the radio, note that the show is expanding and times and stations are subject to change. You can always listen to the show on any smartphone, tablet, or computer by visiting the show website, CREshow.com. You can catch the current show or any topic of your choice. Thank you for joining us today and be sure to join us next week. Our topic will be the U.S. office market. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Florida International University. Earn your Commercial Real Estate Master's Degree in as little as 10 months. Visit FIUonline.com. And Bull Realty Commercial Brokers, a great place to do business. Visit BullRealty.com. And France Media Publications and
1: Conferences. For exposure to the world of commercial real estate, visit FranceMediaInc.com.